Hey everyone, welcome to the Special Story Podcast. I'm Sharon. I'm Steven. And we are here just talking about our lives raising kids with special needs. I almost feel bad starting another podcast saying that I'm so tired. Because Isn't everybody. Well, <laughs> I know no one wants to hear that. I'm sure there's like a million moms sitting at home like, oh, like the rest of us are not tired at all. Yeah. But last weekend, we came back from Charleston, and then, and this is very unusual for us, but this week, we were actually out of town again, just on Thursday night, Friday night, and we came back on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So Steve and I went up to, like, kind of outside the Philadelphia area to Malvern, Pennsylvania, because Steve's had a holiday party there with his work. So we went up Thursday night, stayed through Friday, the party was on Friday, and then we came back Saturday. Yeah, that was awesome. It was really, really fun. And it was kind of fun. (laughs) It's like, I feel like this is just something that, you know, I don't know. I feel like you're not really supposed to admit, but everybody feels like this. But when you go on vacation with your kids, at the end of your vacation, you feel like you need a vacation from your vacation. Yes. And that was how I felt when we came back from Charleston. It was a lot. I was like, wow, I just spent a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time with my kids. So the idea of going out of town and leaving them behind seems kind of nice. Yeah. Um, you needed so a little break. That's what we did. I get out of town for work way more than you, and I get that separation quite, yeah. quite a bit. And you you ever get that, really. But. Yeah. I also had my first experience in the winter of 2018 with, like, a cold and flu-related Sharon panic, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very specific type of panic, which is really unique to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Whereby you basically panic, I mean, kind of over nothing, with some legitimate background, but no real actual rational thought you're, in the moment. You're a preventer. You, yeah. you do, all, like moms, I think many moms are yeah. on prevent mode all the skill. time. It's yeah, my big skill to prevent dodge. problems that have not happened. Yeah. So I was at this home goods store, and I mean, this happens to me literally every winter, that like I'm browsing the aisles, feeling great, looking at Christmas decorations, and I start to hear this coughing and not like coughing from an adult who's coughing who sounds like they're coughing into a handkerchief and yes i can tell you the difference just you know by the sound of it this is clearly a cough out into the air by a child who's unlikely to cover their coughing and i'm so paranoid about this kind of thing (laughs) i mean i do have reason lulu has been hospitalized multiple times for respiratory issues yeah Granted, she was a baby. She hasn't done that in a while. But over the summer, she also had open heart surgery, which, of course, is just a whole other beast. And I do, you know, I I do have some nervousness about how this winter is going to go. But, you know, me being me, of course, I take it to the extreme. You shut down the operation. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was tempted to leave my cart and just completely bail on the store altogether. But I did make it through the line, and then I left. But then again, when we were at church today, we sat down, and then... (laughs) We thought we were in a safe zone. Oh, my gosh. And then this family, this perfectly nice, sweet family. I mean, I don't know them, but I'm sure they're nice people. I mean, they're up at 830 in church on Sunday morning. A bunch of kids. They had a bunch of kids, and they sat right behind us. And I've just gotten to the point. I mean, I am a people pleaser, and I used to worry about this kind of thing. Like, oh, is that going to offend someone if they sit down, and then I immediately get up and leave? But I've completely passed that point. So they sit down, and I stand up with the kids, and we move five rows well, up. It was it wasn't a little <laughs> mild. Well, it I hadn't heard a... any coughing yet when we moved. Oh, they just okay. sat down, and I was like, "Red alert! Oh, children, well, there was a potential coughers." I, well, that's why. So, so now I'm going to justify myself okay. because we moved like four or five rows up, and then five minutes into mass, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what is that hacking sound?" Yeah, and I turn around. 
And it was that child, yeah. the child that I had moved to be away from. Mm-hmm. And now I felt like five rows apart was not far enough apart. Those germs could travel. Yeah. yeah. And usually I just try and tell myself that there's actually a barrier of people between, you know, if you're five rows up, there's five rows of people that are absorbing those germs between you and mm-hmm. them. Because at this point, it's just every person for themselves. Yeah. You know, I mean, they could have moved like I did. They oh, could have been rude and moved. So I took literally the first cough happened. I just took Lulu and I went to the back and we stood there. The entire time. And I'm not going to lie to you. This will probably be the last church event that she goes to until spring. Because I just don't want to deal with it. Mm. I just, I don't want to deal with it. I don't even want to have to deal with just with any of it, you know? But yeah. I well, mean, it is hard to, it's a hard thing to, we joke, but at the same time, there, there's just a lot of germs. There's a lot I of coughing. And, and just hearing that sound is yeah. makes it, you get, you get defensive, you get protective. Yeah. That's what it is. You're getting protective. And that's. I am. And I Thank you for you. making me sound so rational. Yeah, it's a well. It, it's it's what you it's what you would do. I think it's what anyone would do if you had children going through things like that. So yes, yes, um, yes, it, yes. It all works out. We honestly, we. we I don't we just, think they were offended. We I'm guessing they did it. not even know. Yeah, this is what I tell myself. No one's doing anything. We don't feel like anybody's <laughs> doing anything wrong. By the way, we're just we're just yeah. we're just a little bit extra sensitive. So yeah, that was that was the. Uh, yeah. The cold and flu yeah. explanation. I may actually, I mean, if people are interested, I may go into a an actual legitimate, like all paranoia aside, explanation of what we do with Lulu during cold and flu season and kind of like how we handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, because we were not as careful the first year that she was born. I don't think we realized that her heart condition was going to cause her so many respiratory issues. Mm-hmm. And we did have some hospitalizations. And then it's like with every passing doctor's visit and every passing trip to the emergency room, we kind of tightened up what we did until mm-hmm. I do feel like we got to a point. And obviously she's gotten older She's gotten stronger. Her health has improved. Mm-hmm. So just the combination of those things means that we actually have not been to the hospital in a couple of years, which is great. But if people are interested, I could go into kind of just what our favorite products are and yeah. the exact point at which I bail on events. Mm-hmm. But yes, we made it through church. We got home. And then I am proud to announce we put up our tree. The second one. The 12-foot tree. So in, in typical story fashion, so we are not the most handy of people. We both work in the tech industry. Yeah, we're, we're just not, we're not people who are going to be like slinging our tool belts around. That's not really our style. Right. But we did. We get by. We get by. <laughs> we did like to think we could get a tree up until we went to set it up and realized that we had a nine foot ladder and a 12 foot oh, like tree. a six foot ladder. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. A six foot ladder. Yeah. A six foot ladder. I did learn something. The tree comes in five lengths, five parts. Five that, pieces. Five it pieces comes in five pieces that all stack on, on top, top of each, each other. other. And they're yeah. not light. No, no, they're they're heavy. Basically, what we did is Steve set up his ladder, which is the six foot ladder in front, like kind of just in front of the tree. And he's actually stacking them. But the pieces could see it. The pieces are heavy. So I took like this little like step stool ladder that we have just for, you know, when you're trying to unscrew a light bulb. And I put that up on top of like our hearth, which is like two feet off the ground. Yeah. And then I climbed up on that, and then I kind of just held the top piece steady so that Steve could, like, put it on top of the tree. Yeah. So I don't think it was exactly, like, the most safety-conscious thing no, for us to do. it would have been do. fine if there was anybody walking around. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but either way, I mean, we got it up. Maybe lit up It's nicely. lit up. It does. It looks good. It looks real good. I realized my sister came over today, and she was just cracking up because this tree, I didn't realize this. If you remember from the commercial that I did last podcast, the tree can be like white lights or colored lights. But what I did not realize, I thought it just had a little switch on the tree. No, no. It has a remote that detaches mm-hmm. and you can basically just click the remote. 
And so my sister was over today and she was just like, I cannot believe you and your tree and your remote and you're like clicking the, the colors yeah. and all the different settings. Anyway, she thought it was hilarious, but it is our pride and joy well, she, now. She also is observing and admiring the new ladder that I acquired today that will reach the very top very safely. Yeah, I mean, we're basically ready so for like a decorate. home renovation project now with that new ladder. That's important so we could actually decorate. Oh, yeah. Tree. Yes, that's true. We didn't know how we were going to get ornaments onto the tree before. We we'll figured it out. We're problem <laughs> yeah. solvers. Yeah. Yep, we uh, wandered around Lowe's long enough mm. and looked lost long enough that mm. somebody pointed us in the direction of the ladder. So mm. now we're good. The other thing that we did last night was that our neighborhood, we love our neighborhood. They have a great HOA here. And I feel like people never talk about their HOA in glowing terms. Um, But ours puts on all these little events in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, They do a couple a year. And, and like, we love them all. They're great. They're great. It's just, it actually is one of the reasons we moved into this neighborhood is because they just have all these really, really cool events. And it kind of just draws people together and it helps you get to know your neighbors. And it's so, with our kids being six and three, Perfect. It's so fun. They just, they love stuff like this. So the Winter Wonderland that they put on is really, it's held at the clubhouse area. Yeah. And there's just outside outside and there's various stations. Yeah. And I just was reminded, I had forgotten how many there are and they're really, really cool. We had really primarily gone last night. Just there's one really cool station. It's a tent. Max loves this. He was asking for it this year. Yeah. And there's elves dressed up inside and there's lots of like volunteer helpers. Mm -hmm. And Max hands over, I guess, $3 for mom and $3 for me. And the kids go in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Max goes in and he gets to select a present. One for mom, one for dad. He goes through their whole... And so the parents wait on the outside. So he's wandering through and he's selecting a present for mom and for dad. And then there's a present wrapping station that he goes to. And he wraps the present and he just comes out and he's so happy that he is so you know purchased and wrapped right. presents for mom and dad so that was really cool that was like the primary yeah. reason we went so the the idea around it is basically that the kids they call it the santa's the, it's like the santa helper workshop mm-hmm. and the idea is that the kids pick out a present for their parents and so the the gift is a gift from the child to the parents yeah. and it's kind of it's supposed to kind of get them in the holiday spirit of thinking of others and stuff mm-hmm. like that but it's really cute and it's only for kids mm-hmm. so they go in like steve's saying they go in they pick out gifts and then they wrap them and then they come out and then they have something to put under the tree to give to their parents on Christmas morning. So Max did this last year and he just, I mean, he just could not stop talking about it last year. He was so excited that he had a gift for us. And they're all little things like like basically they have tables where it's like they have yeah. a bunch of little windshield wiper scrapers and little, you know, little um, spatulas. I think he got me a little spatula. They're just little things. But it's like but the, since the child is picking it out, it's obviously they feel like yeah. they that it's participating. This, that it's this big thing and that they've gotten you this gift and stuff like that. So they really Max really loved that. Yeah, and next to that, there's another little tent, and Santa's inside that yes, tent. Santa. You gotta wait in line. You meet Mrs. Claus, and everything's just super. It was really decorated, well put yeah. really cute. Like so, they they do these little backdrops, these little like snow, and they have little Santa carriage, like um, the Santa sleighs. Yeah, in the background, like everything is just done to the nines. Yeah, it's really at least like then I forget. Like, oh yeah, there's a whole hot cocoa station run by the yeah. teenagers, and then <laughs> yeah. there's a, another s'more s'more station yeah. that is nearby this outdoor fire. Yeah. Got going so you can go make s'mores and yeah. then oh don't forget there's a train like an engine like yeah. a little, little kitty like little a little kitty, kitty train. ride train some guys driving this thing yeah. it's like oh, they're playing christmas they play music. christmas music it's so go cute through the town go through our neighborhood yeah and then there's a really amazing horse carriage yeah like a horse drawn carriage they take us around the neighborhood for that 
for a little while and we come back. So we had a, a really fun night of s'mores and hot cocoa and sand yeah. and gifts and rides. Yeah. And it was really, really well put together. That was cool. Yeah, Max that, loved that was it. really fun. So Max loved it. So we look forward to that every year. And I feel like that kind of helps us kick off just the whole Christmas season. Now, I didn't go because, again, it was cold and it was a little bit drizzly. And due I mean, to the was, aforementioned paranoia, I was like, I'm not taking Lula I mean, on was, this. It was real. It was in the 30s and it was yeah. drizzly. It was, it was, we were really bundled up. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when Sharon and I were trying to figure out what we wanted this podcast to focus in on in terms of raising children with special needs, yep. Sharon had um, an idea I thought was a great one, which was to focus on the aspects of Down syndrome that we love the most. And so we basically put together a top five list of things we love most about raising Lulu with Down syndrome. So. Yeah, I feel like, you know, the, the first couple of episodes we've done have been a lot around like kind of getting the diagnosis and that whole process, you know, as I've talked about now in great detail, you know, it, it's, it's complicated. It's a complicated process. But, but the reality is that now that we have Lulu, we love having a child with Down syndrome. And so I felt like, I feel like the first couple of episodes, I'm like, they're, the subject matter is a little more heavy. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to also just make sure that I was kind of like, I don't know. I think I also just kind of wanted to do something a little bit more light. That wasn't, yeah, again, but just real. Wasn't, yeah. But like and really... also just ref, honestly, just reflects like how we really feel about having her. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so we, I came up with, I mean, we came up with. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to do 10. Sharon, in her wisdom said, we, 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 we only have so much time. Let's just go to five. Well, Steve, was like, that's smart. Steve was like, we didn't come up with the top 10, but I'm usually the one who actually comes up with like, with what you know the topics and i was like ooh, 10 sounds like a lot of work let's just do five <laughs> that is me just being real with everyone yeah. but having said that when i actually went through this list it was hard for me to actually keep it to five yeah so that does show you kind of what we really do think about it but yeah so i would say these are the top five reasons that we love having a child with down syndrome number one number one so steve actually hasn't have you heard any of these yet yeah, okay okay i was gonna say i was gonna say these, these, these might be new to you so I, I said the number one reason, the way I put it is that I would say that we love having a child who's so magnetic. And the reason I put it that way is because I do think that Lulu, has, she just has a certain magnetic quality about her. And I also kind of wanted to avoid saying that she's always happy, which I think is true. She has a very happy, pleasant cheerful. disposition, very cheerful disposition. But I know that that's also a stereotype about people with Down syndrome that can almost be used too much like to an extreme oversimplifies yeah oversimplifies. oh well your child must never ever cry because mm-hmm. they have down syndrome and therefore they're always happy and that's obviously not true like lulu she she can throw a fit like like any three-year-old it's all full range of <laughs> yes. behavior and emotions yeah. she is she's she is still three mm-hmm. in every sense of the word mm-hmm. but having said that i do feel like just she just she has a very magnetic personality she's very outgoing. She will talk to anybody. She delights in talking to anyone. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and you're talking about it from her, from that perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I was when I saw that, I thought of how true that is in terms of how frequently people are drawn to Lulu. No, we. Uh, I mean, people stop us all the time. They're like, I mean, either somebody who is acquainted with the special needs community, or even someone who's not, mm-hmm. and they just they are. They're just draw. They're very drawn to her. They say hi to her, and you know, and she's always very receptive, and she says hi back, and you know, I mean, again, <laughs> she, she's three. Sometimes she says no, no, no. Yeah. But generally, I, I do feel like she does. She does just have. She just her personality is very. Um, She's charismatic. Very charismatic. Yeah. And honestly, we just, we really love spending time with her. And I, I would say that that's obviously that's going to be true of any of your children, but it's just, I feel like she just has that very joyful disposition. Like she's just really fun, you she know? Has. She's a really, really, really fun kid. And I feel like, 
All kids are wonderful, but not all kids are fun at every stage of their life. But Lulu is really fun. She's a really, really fun kid. And I I think that she'll probably always be like that because we've seen her in so many different situations, everything from, you know, kind of traumatizing situations, I mean, medical complications and everything else. And I feel like throughout all of that, she maintains that very cheerful disposition. And so, I mean, again, that does not mean that she will never be a teenager who will be hormonal. I am sure that she will. But it's just one of those things that I do love about her is that I feel like she has a very magnetic, very sunny, very cheerful disposition. She has a story. There's a good chance she's going to be volatile like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No comment. <laughs> okay. Um, number two. Number two is that we love that each stage has lasted a little bit longer. Oh. So because she, obviously there are some developmental delays, you know, she was in that baby stage for a little bit longer. And then now she's kind of been in that toddler stage for a little bit longer. But again, when I say the baby stage, I always tell people that it's like, you know how when you have a baby and they hit right around three months and they start sleeping through the night and they stop crying for no discernible reason? For, for men, babies, no. Yeah, for, for, I mean, yeah, again, obviously there's exceptions. Mm-hmm. But like, but I feel like that's kind of the general rules that around three months, you kind of start to figure out what their cries mean and they start sleeping a little better. And, you know, again, generally. Mm-hmm. So with Lulu, she hit that stage that I would say most babies hit right around three months. She hit that stage and then she stayed in that stage. For like nine months Mm -hmm. where she slept really well and she was really content and she didn't cry that much and it was great. And so it was like we kind of got to enjoy that baby stage, you know, a little bit longer because she actually stayed in all those baby stages. Like she obviously crawled a little bit late. She sat up a little bit late. But really all that meant was that she was kind of a baby for a bit longer. And that was actually kind of nice. Yeah. It does. I do remember that. I can't remember who the person was. It was some kind of. It was some person that was in the limelight or some public person. They were as a mother and she, she had a baby with Down syndrome mm-hmm. and she was describing maybe the surprises or the things that she learned. And she described every phase late lasted longer. And that really yeah. resonated with me. And I've always, cause people talk about it. Oh, they grow up too fast. They grow up too fast. They grow up yeah. too fast. Everything's a blur. And for me, very much so. Everything's mm-hmm. a blur. And that, that Lulu's milestones were achieved at a slower rate was it was actually something to like really embrace like to yeah. really enjoy we and loved continue it. to do so i mean yeah. continue to do so so that is that is really um a special thing because she's going to get where she's going it's almost like what's the hurry in yeah. a way and yeah. um and then being able to enjoy those moments for longer periods is mm-hmm. It's something we treasure. I treasure. I don't. Yeah. yeah. It's really, it's really special. Yeah. I'll see if I can find that original article where they talk about that. And if I can, I'll post it on the specialstory.com, mm-hmm. which is where we post all of our show notes and stuff like that. So take a look and I'll see if I can dig it, dig it up or unearth it somewhere on the internet. Number three, I would say is that I think that Lulu and kids in general have a very unique strength about them. This is something that I think almost sounds a little bit, I don't want to say counterintuitive, but maybe surprising because when you talk about kids with Down syndrome, you often talk about their low muscle tone. Mm -hmm. And so you don't associate, but I don't mean physical strength. I just mean that they have kind of an interior strength that most kids don't have. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that they're challenged in ways that most kids aren't. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in all honesty, you and I, we haven't actually, I mean, I'm 35, you're 41. You know, you and I, in our lifetimes, we haven't gone through some of the stuff. And we probably never will go through some of the stuff that Lulu's already gone through. You know, I'm thinking of things like her open heart surgery or the fact that she had a seizure disorder when she was a baby. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. RSV. Or RSV or just her hospitalizations. That's a lot to go through as 
as a really young child. And while she's doing all this, she's also supposed to be working on development and sitting and walking. And the fact that she needs to do that and she needs to learn those things, that really doesn't go away just because she gets sick. It might get delayed, but you would be surprised how fast after open heart surgery they are pushing her to walk again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's amazing to me how much, you know, even while she's fighting to get over her surgery, she's also working on walking, which is one of the most complicated things that as humans we really ever do. It's just, it's amazing. And so it's just the, the inner strength, that inner resilience that I think the kids with Down syndrome have to really fight through the challenges and the obstacles that they come up against is really unique to them. And it's something that I love to see. I just think that she's, you know, like I always say, she's one of the toughest kids I know, but I also think that she's one of the strongest kids I know. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like, you know, I kind of talked about this in the last podcast, but it's like, I love it. Like I just, I love watching her and watching how strong she is and watching her you know, just overcome all these different challenges and these difficulties in her life. And she overcomes them all like it's no big deal. Yeah. You know, does. and then the she just goes she on with her it. life. It's the way, and, and we recognize that, but it, it has been repeated to us so many times in the various stays at emergency rooms or hospital stays or all, all the, the medical staff. They are like, whoa, this kid is tough. Yeah. Yeah. She is tough. Like, I they one all time say they that needed, to us. They try to draw blood and it was just taking forever and they yeah. had to keep bringing in another nurse and another nurse. I think it was the yeah. third nurse. Anyway. Yeah. But they were just, there's all these people in the room that are like, going, my goodness, she is tough. Yeah. So having like, having the medical community kind of like right. acknowledge from their yes. perspective, like authentically, like they're like, well, this yeah. is, this is un- unusual that, that they're going to be this determined to get through it. Yeah. And it's kind of a peaceful tough too. If that makes sense. Like, it's not like she just grits her teeth. You know, I feel like when you think of tough, you think of somebody like grunting at the gym. But it's like she has like a really unique like peace about her, you know, and it's just like that, you know, she's going through all this stuff and she is she is so strong. But there's there's also like a piece to it where it's like, yeah, she's not freaking out. She just she has this. I think it is just part of her disposition, just that she has that very, I always think of it as like a very peaceful strength. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason that we know all this is because we are so involved with her development that we get to watch all this stuff. You know, like I know a lot more about how, how much she's overcome and how strong she is because I'm so involved in everything she does. You know, I'm involved in her therapy sessions. I'm involved in her, you know, just in everything that she's doing. I'm involved in teaching her how to talk and how to sign, like how to do sign language and everything else. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like, you know, if you don't have a child with Down syndrome, you're not going to be as involved. And so you're just not going to even be able to experience that kind of really cool experience of watching your child overcome all those challenges. Mm -hmm. You know, so again, it's just it is this very unique experience to having a child with that, that syndrome. That, that we are blessed, like we're yeah. blessed with that opportunity. Yeah, and it's so cool. Yeah, it is. And you, like, I mean, I think I said this before that like, I barely remember when Max learned to walk, even though that's that's a big achievement. But I will never forget Lulu learning to walk. And I just, I would not have had that appreciation, you know, if she did not have Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, it's it's just, it's just something that I think is very unique to kids with special needs is that you're involved, and so you you get the chance to celebrate with them, you know, even mm-hmm. more. And Lulu likes to celebrate. Uh, yes. We're mm-hmm. potty training her now, <laughs> and our entire potty training strategy is that everyone, after she goes on the potty, has to say yay. She doesn't care about bribes. She doesn't care about food. She doesn't care about stickers or charts or anything else. She literally just wants everyone to cheer for her. So and I'm like, but do. you know what? And we do. That's so funny. I'm like, listen, if this is going to make you go to the potty, we will all cheer. So then number four is that it, I think, I think for us, it definitely puts some of our own challenges into perspective. I mean, again, you know, 
when I'm sitting at home and I get frustrated, I mean, not that this has ever happened to me, but mm. hypothetically, mm. I get frustrated about some silly thing going on at work. You know, I don't like the way somebody wrote an email to me, or I don't like the fact that someone didn't show up to a meeting that I organized. And then the very next thing that I'm doing with my day is taking Lulu to the cardiologist so that they can check and make sure that she doesn't have any leaking from her open heart surgery. It does kind of put things into perspective for me about what's really important, you know, and just the fact that, I don't know, I I think because we've had those situations where her health has been unstable, it does give you a greater appreciation for every day that she is here and she's fine, you know, and she's at home with us. And again, she's herself. She's healthy. It almost in some ways, I feel like sounds sad when you say it because I'm contrasting it to the days that she wasn't healthy, but it gives you a really nice perspective about just what actually is important in life, Mm -hmm. you know, and to us, you know, the fact that she's here and she's healthy and our family is so complete. I feel like that's, that is the most important thing. And it's so easy to get caught up in, oh my gosh, just all the drama of everything that can be going on in life. Yeah. You lose perspective. I did very quickly. Of course. I mean, I think everybody does, you know, but it's just like, I feel like having her in our lives, it's just, you know, even just when I see her and I see her in the house, it just, it really does shift things back for me that, you know, that Lulu and Max, you know, they're, they're the most important things in our lives. They're our responsibility. And that's obviously something that is easy to take for granted. But I think that just with the fact that she has Down syndrome, I think that you're reminded even more so, mm-hmm. you know, because again, you are really involved in this child's life and you're really involved in what's going on with them. And you're really involved with their challenges and their struggles in a way that you're not otherwise. And so you do, you do just, you know, for every day that they're here and they're part of your life, you appreciate that. Yeah, it is. It's almost, it's easier in a way to be more dialed into Lulu. Sometimes it actually serves as a, as a reminder that I can and should be just as dialed into Max and, and how he can be mm-hmm. a source of helping me be, yeah. regain my perspective and yeah. be more grateful. And, yeah. So it's not, it, but it's just, it's easier in a way with Lulu to kind of have those reminders and to be, yeah. put things put into perspective a little bit more quickly or yeah. readily, but there's no reason why Max can't, you know, and he does. Right. And I'm sure everybody feels that way about their children when you, when you stop and yeah. reflect a little stop bit about Stop and reflect on it. Um, it's just that with Lulu, it's just really. I think it's just more in the forefront of your yeah. mind. Yeah. You know, and again, it's like when you're going to doctor's appointments a lot and you're going to therapies a lot and you're doing all that stuff a lot, it is in the forefront of your mind. Yeah. You know, where again, I think you're exactly right. I think with Max, it's almost easier to take it for granted. Well, of course he's going to school today. Why wouldn't he be going to school today? Mm-hmm. Whereas with Lulu, we're like, this is great. She's going to school. She's going to school we can, How like, cool is that? Yeah, how cool is that? Yeah. So I, I think you're right. I think it is a challenge to, to kind of always keep that perspective. But I do love having, you know, having a child with Down syndrome get kind of gives me that perspective. And I, I do love that. Yeah, it's a gift. Yeah. And then the last thing, so this would be number five, is that I, I love the community that we've met since we've had Lulu. Oh, yeah. And this is something that was a little unexpected to me. Because, again, having that diagnosis at birth, we didn't have any community, nor did we really have time to kind of like build a community. Um, and I remember kind of thinking when Lulu was first born, I read, a, I think, an article somewhere. They say, when you get a Down syndrome diagnosis, you'll probably think to yourself, oh, I don't really need community. I mean, I don't have anything in common with those other parents. Mm-hmm. And the article kind of goes on to say, but you will, you will need community, even though you think you won't. Mm-hmm. And I literally remember reading that and thinking to myself, yeah, but but I don't think that I do. Well, no, I, I don't, don't think that I really know. applies to me, yeah. even though you're literally talking about someone exactly like me who's mm-hmm. like 
I don't think that applies to me. And then sure enough, fast forward three years later, and I feel like I love being part of the Down syndrome community. You know, I feel like you do meet some of just the nicest, most helpful people, and you do have an immediate bond with those people that honestly is unlike anything else. Like, I mean, you can meet parents of all ages. Mm-hmm. And which, is, which is really in and of itself very helpful. And yeah, great it to is have helpful. Perspectives from all these different yeah. age ranges. Not yes. Just... But it's like you just feel like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I could sit and talk. I mean, I've met moms for the first time, you know, and, and just talked to them for hours. You know, I, I think that when I had a child with Down syndrome, my expectation was that I would feel a lot more isolated all the time. And I think that there definitely have been periods where that has been true. But I also think that I've met a lot more people and grown my community far more than before I had Lulu yeah. and far, far more, far more than I ever really expected. Mm-hmm. And that's just actually been something that I love about having a child with Down syndrome, which is that I'm like, I feel like I'm kind of part of the secret club now that I never knew was out there. But mm-hmm. I can tell you what, if I'm walking through Costco and this has happened to us mm-hmm. and I see another mom and she's got her daughter there and she has Down syndrome, it's like, all we have to do is make eye contact and we are best friends. <laughs> but literally, that's kind of how it is. You know, it's like, I mean, that's literally happened to us that we've been in Costco and I met another mom. And again, I mean, this mom, her daughter was probably 10 or 12 and her daughter was the youngest of a bunch of kids. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we only have two. She's got a bunch of kids. Her daughter's 10. My daughter's three. On paper, we don't have a whole lot connecting us. And yet, we talked for probably 20 or 30 minutes in Costco and it was like we had known each other our whole lives. Yeah. It's really and it's like, what else, what else really draws you together? But it's like when you have this common bond, you just have so much in common mm-hmm. and it's awesome. And sometimes it's just a pleasant exchange of support, yes. brief, maybe a little longer. And other times it's really, really helpful when you go on some board. Yep. And you have questions. Yes. And you get a lot of feedback and information that's exchanged quickly. And so there's, there's lots of layers to community. We can spend more time on that another time, but um, it's been very important and it's been far better than we ever expected. So in summary, we love it. Yes. We just love uh, it. We could go on and on, but. Yeah, it is. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. I, I, it, like, I tell my friends sometimes, I'm like, I wish every parent could have a child with Down syndrome. I do. Cause I just think it's, it's such a great experience, you know? Not to say it's not without its challenges, but it is just such a great experience for you as a person, for your life, the child, the siblings, for everyone. Like we've just, we've just loved it. Like I feel like I've loved it in, in the way that you love something that is fun and uplifting, but, but also it's just like an actually really cool thing to do, like a really positive experience in and of itself. Yeah, especially when I'm thinking, like, maybe feeling sorry for myself, that happens, <laughs> um, or overwhelmed, or whatever, just just how quickly I can think of our children, and Lulu specific, and then just, that just brightens. So, yeah, it's it, yeah. just looking forward to being with them, and being with them. Mm-hmm. It's very, very powerful. Okay, well, I think that's all we have tonight. Yeah. yeah. Now, can people give us any feedback? Yeah. How do they do that? Um. Well... There's a few ways you could do it. Mm-hmm. So you could either find me on Instagram, which is at Sharon Marie 818 or they could go to our website, which is www.specialstorywithane.com. Okay. And then I usually put show notes, you know, so like when I post these podcasts, I also post them to the website. So if you're not like a big podcast person, you can listen to it on the website as well. Mm-hmm. And, Although, they can, they can... and then you can also leave comments, like so you can leave comments on the posts. And then can they leave reviews? Oh, yeah. So, and yes, we would actually like, <laughs> thank you for reminding me. We would love it if people who are listening would rate and review us on iTunes. 
So iTunes, for reasons that are unbeknownst to me, because I'm new to podcasting, is like, I don't know, the gold standard in podcasting. And so if you rate it, if you rate and review us, then it actually helps other people find the podcast. And, and it helps us, to be honest with and you. It helps if you us. give us honest feedback. And also if you have questions or ideas or thoughts, you know, just, we'd love to interact with you all and look forward to it. So those are some of the ways you Yeah. Yeah. And we honestly, we love hearing from So please, if you're listening, uh, let us know because it's kind of weird just talking to a mic and you're not who's listening to. So yeah. if you're listening, definitely let us know. Great. Okay. All right. I think that's all for tonight. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.